Just one round remains in the 2021 regular season of the AFL year. And round 22 did not disappoint because every single game had finals implications. And all of it was can't miss actions even from the super close games to the ones that were absolute blowouts. Which we did have a good handful of this week. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. A lot to look into going to the last round of the season. A lot of predictions to be made, and also a uh, good number of teams and just waving bye-bye to the finals officially. And one team officially can welcome the wooden spoon into their home. Not sure it's going to be very welcome, welcoming, but you know, it's going to be forced upon them no matter what. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, so much for joining in today. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth long AFL correspondent, Coach Johnny Hess. Coach, how are we feeling after round 22? Oh, just getting closer and closer. A few people's chances of making the finals have unfortunately dimmed and their lights have been turned out, but there's still a few people fighting for the finals. And and, and I got to say, sir, some excellent performances by some teams that I think some people doubted, including your 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 team right there, the big, big sound from the western part of Sydney. Hey, let's go Giants, man. I'm about right out into this thing, Donnie. Oh, I love that you said that. And even the Swans got a good win. So the Sydney team's looking good. Maybe a couple finals teams from that Sydney city. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, we're going to break down all the action for round 22. We're going to take a look at our last predictions for the final eight teams of the season. Of course, we're going to get the team of the round from Coach Donnie. We're going to get our round 23 power rankings and then we're going to look ahead into the last round of the, uh, of the regular season, round 23, and give you our tips for that. But this is the American voice of Australian football. And let's get things started with GWS versus Richmond. And oh boy, you know, making up for the loss earlier in the season, the Giants get a huge statement win as they just stopped punching chick, uh, their, their ticket to the finals and basically... Eliminate the defending premieres. Oh, and this was a um, this was an unexpected game, Donnie, because I was expecting a really close game. I was almost expecting the Giants just to blow it, to be honest. Uh, but you know, that's that's the real trick here. You lower expectations, so no matter what, they get exceeded. And oh boy, did the this team exceed them because they were at a near sixty point lead in the third term of this. Of course, they give up a little bit. They they win by forty nine, but that's still. Pretty solid margin there. Or 39, excuse me. Still a solid margin there. And if you look at it, what really helped them win this one is their largest margin of the season for their inside 50 battle came in this game. They win it by the um, out mark, or they, they out inside 50 the uh, um, Tigers by 13. And let's talk about Tim Taranto because 
back-to-back games, he's really making a statement, and he's one of the hottest players in the competition heading into finals, to be quite honest, because in the last two weeks, he has he's kicked 6-2 and two and 52 disposals. He's doing everything over there. And Donnie, before we get you your recap of this game, I have to ask you the question, is uh, is Shane Mumford actually more important to the GWS Giants' success than Toby Green? Because the Giants are 3-2 without Toby. And without Mummy, they're two and seven. Oh boy! This was a game where, if, if for those of you that have watched the last episode, I, I I made the statement and I said it last time, and I'm almost kicking myself for saying it. I went, I went the previous time that Toby Green was out, and I doubted they could win. I said Toby Green was their linchpin, and I said it last episode too. And I'm kicking myself because again, when the Giants need to step up and win a game. They always seem they seem to find a way to do it this season, no matter how much their backs are against the wall, no matter how many of their top 22 guys are out. They just find a way to do that. And to be completely honest with you, it's hard to argue that Shane Mumford is not the most important guy to this GWS Giants team because when they don't have him, they don't play well. When they do have him, he becomes an enforcer in that midfield no matter who's playing, whether Toby Green's on or off. So it's, it's just an outstanding performance. And for me, though, do we really have to look at it as, is this the end of the dynasty or is this just the tiny hiccup of an injury-plagued Tiger season where they didn't make the finals? Are they going to come back next year, pardon the pun, roaring and, and back to their, their final-style self? Or have we seen the end of the Tigers dynasty and now do we see them come back to the middle of the pack not be this dominant team that everybody goes well they still got a shot they still got a shot well every time we said that they never came with the goods when it came to it so just an absolutely outstanding game by the Giants here absolutely decimating the, the Tigers and pretty much ending the Tigers season and if I'm the Tigers what a great run absolutely a great run but you could tell some of these players are tired they've had so many long runs in the finals last year though a little bit shorter season was very very taxing due to all the hub life and everything like that so this could be a hiccup year we'll have to see but bravo to the giants because they basically going go into this round knowing a win and they're in well you know it's ultimately not the worst thing i was having a word with a couple tigers fans over there on the twitter which of course it follows that fourth long radio links are in the bio description or you just go to the fourth for all your links right there but now uh, we we're kind of mentioning that it ultimately wouldn't really be that bad of a thing for the tigers to have the a uh, uh, full off season for the first time in what feels like forever get this whole team regrouped refreshed really have some time to add some, add some more talent um to focus up as a team and a little bit of a reset isn't bad and like you said i mean i'm gonna come on uh they they won enough flags for most teams uh, to last for decades. <laughs> so it really isn't too big of a deal there. They're still one of the best teams in the in the league and in the league historically. So you really have no reason to fear there. And speaking about one of the best historically, let's talk about, at least as of now, it's uh, Coach Clarkson's team, the Hawthorne Hawks and the Western Bulldogs in Donnie. Would you believe it? I kind of, I really wish I actually went ahead and tipped them. I really wanted to last round in, in our tipping. I couldn't pull the trigger. 
But man, I should have because Hawthorne pulls off another surprise upset as they suffocate the dogs into submission. And this is the lowest Bulldogs score in any game since March 20th, 2020 against Collingwood. In that game, they only scored 34 points compared to this round's 37. And Hawthorne now have five wins and a draw over current finals teams. They have wins over GWS, Brisbane, Essendon, um, the Bulldogs now, and the Sydney Swans. And then, of course, they have that draw over Melbourne. And now, if you're the Western Bulldogs, you really have to be concerned here. They've now dropped back-to-back games. And they're actually at risk of dropping out of the top four entirely based on percentage points. Um, because the team, one of the, um, you know, the Sydney Swans and Brisbane Lions, actually have a chance to tie them in points. And depending on margins, they could actually pass them in percentage points. Brisbane, of course, they're the closest ones to this as they're four points back, but only two percentage points currently behind the Western Bulldogs. And also, Donnie Soso, how worried should you be of the Doggies and, and losing their top four spot? And are, I, I really think Hawthorne is going to regret letting Coach Clarkson go after this season. Because this, little, okay. this last stretch of runs he's put on has been amazing. All right, let's 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 start with the let's start with the bad, and we'll go to the good. We'll, we'll work our way to the good part here. On the doggies, it is hard. It is hard to argue that this they are finding a way to play their worst possible footy at the absolute worst possible time. And the crazy part is, is that some people kind of expected this when Bruce went, when Bruce went down, a lot of people were saying, well, this could really affect them. The fact Jamaro, Jamaro Hagen is, is not played by Bevo. And it, they just, for some weird reason, their strength, the midfield, the, the, the section that was probably the one thing everybody said, these guys are going to dominate the midfield. There's not going to be a better team. And the next, last three rounds, they have, they have not been very good in the midfield. They are getting smashed and they got in, thoroughly smashed in this game against Hawthorne. So if I'm a, if I'm a doggies fan, I am a tiny bit concerned because your game this week is against a red hot port team. That's five and oh, that's playing at home and a port team with something to prove because if they win, they make sure the doggies are not going to be in, in the top two spots for sure. And it potentially gives Port Adelaide the chance to be second giving them a chance for a home uh, home final where they have a chance to get to the preliminary final with a win. So there's a lot of things still to be played in, in this game here. So if I'm, I'm the Western Bulldogs, I'm thoroughly concerned going into this round. You're not playing well, and you're going up against a port team that is finding its mojo at just the right time. Now, over to the good side, and... and I, I cannot disagree with you that Alistair Clarkson is pulling some of his best coaching abilities at the absolute best possible time. In fact, I was, I was watching a show called First Crack on Fox Footy, and they, they pulled up the top five records since round 13. Number one is the Hawthorne Hawks with four wins, one loss, and one draw over top eight teams since round 13. With Sydney in second at three and one, the Western Bulldogs two and two, St Kilda two and three, and the Melbourne Demons at two and two. So since round thirteen, it is hard to argue that the Hawthorne Hawks are not the absolute hottest team in the entire competition. 
And the scary part to think is they're sitting in 14th place on the ladder. How crazy is that? But it just shows you that if you can get hot at just the right time, anything can happen. Um, if, and, and there's and there's still people talking nowadays about the fact that Alistair Clarkson is winning games. And you see sometimes when you watch the shows, you see the distance between him and, San, and Mitchell because there, there was one thing that all the other coaches were hugging and high-fiving Alistair Clarkson. If you look really closely in the camera angle, Mitchell's in the back leaning against the wall, not doing anything. So it really is this really interesting situation because – there was some people that thought Sam Mitchell probably would prefer them not win and, and get the highest possible draft pick to start anew. And each and every single one of these wins takes them four points closer up in the ladder to it's a further and further draft pick. So it's, it'll be very, very fascinating to see how this all thing goes, but just an absolute masterclass by Alistair Clarkson, but his young guys are playing well. And, and, and there's where you kind of throw the thing. Well, that's, Mitchell's job coaching Box Hill and some of the younger players. So it'll be very interesting and fascinating game considering this absolutely on fire Hawthorne team gets in now done with their season. No more finals. Richmond Tigers team this round. Could we see Hawthorne get one more win to end the season and kind of proverbially kick the tail of, of the Tigers out of the finals? Uh, kind of a little exclamation point on a non-final season for the Richmond Tigers. Wouldn't that be remarkable? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm calling it. Wait, oh, I can't guess the spoilers for uh, for round 23 tipping. I guess we'll just have to wait and see the full one there. Uh, I guess I kind of spoiled it last round too, so who knows? Um, fine, I'll just say it, uh, Hawthorne is beating Richmond in round 23. All right, let's move on. Save the subtlety, sir. Save the subtlety. Uh, there's nothing subtle about me. We <laughs> all know this. Let's uh, uh, roll into Geelong and St. Kilda. Geelong suffered a bad loss to GWS last round. They're able to rebound against the St. Kilda team, which is uh, which was a tough game, actually, for um, the Geelong Cats in this one because they got up to uh, St. Kilda got to a good start in the first, but you slowly start to see, um, I mean, it took three quarters of the game but Geelong was there just shipping their way back at that lead and they slowly worked their way into their eventual lead and winning this game by 14. Um, and, but what a start the Saints got to this one. I mean, if you're watching this game, you thought, oh man, it looks like we're still watching that GWS and Geelong game uh, based on how this first term started because St. Kilda kicks five straight goals to start the game off. They got to a 30-point lead. And um, man... Uh, like I said, though, Geelong was able to work their way back into this one. And uh, it helped because they got their mess, best mark uh, on this season for contested possessions. They win it 143-107. to But, of course, the ultimate kicker in this game is the man that kicked four goals. Jeremy Cameron makes his return, and he makes his return in a emphatic statement. He kicks four. Uh, then the rest of the big three also put it on. Um, Hawkins puts a three-and-one. Dangerfield with one-and-one. It looks like the big three is back, and that's not good news for these finals teams, especially the ones at the top of the ladder, kind of near where Geelong is. So right now, let's, uh, what are the odds you think that St. Gilles is actually able to scrape together a finals appearance at this point? And just how big is Jeremy Cameron's return to the Cats' finals run? 
Well, unfortunately, St. Kilda mathematically, I just don't see it happening because I think if I do if I do my math correctly, they're at eighty. Not even enough. They're they're at eighty eight. They're at eighty eight percent as of right now. They would have to hope that Essendon, West Coast, Fremantle, Richmond all lose, and then they would probably have to beat their their opponent in 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 the last game of the season. Who? Let me just look at double check right here, which would be the Frio Dockers. So that, that would kind of help because since Frio is ahead of them, they would have to beat the Fremantle Dockers by something north of 135 points. Possible. Um, it's possible. Possible. <laughs> I, highly unlikely, unfortunately, especially considering you'd have to have West Coast lose to the Brisbane Lions. You'd mm-hmm. have to have Essendon, Essendon lose to, I think it's... Uh, I think it's Collingwood. Um, So there's a lot of things that have to go their way, and I just don't see that happening. This is a St. Kilda team that is inconsistent. Yes, they're playing a Frio team in Victoria, so it should not be as difficult as, say, we're an Optus Stadium. But this just mathematically, I don't see it happening. It just won't work out. They they made tie for points, but their percentage, unfortunately, so many bad losses early in the year have absolutely killed them. And when it comes to the Cats, this is a game where you got to win some games ugly. This is a Saints team that can put up points, as they saw early. Mm-hmm. The Saints jumped jumped them early, and the Cats looked shell-shocked, but they just chipped away. They just kept chipping away, and that's what championship teams t- tend to do. They don't let you get away. They will not get rolled over. They just kept chipping away. And then by the time they were halfway through the third quarter, they got the lead, kind of gave it up a little bit, and then Geelong kind of rolled it towards the end and got it out to the margin that it was. But – this is a cat. This is a cat's team that they, they took a little bit of a blow losing Stewart before the end before before this game and unfortunately he's done he's done for the year and um, so we'll really have to see how that goes because does it put more pressure on keeping Mark Blitzovs back as the fullback to be able to guard some of the bigger defenders which would then force Menegola and Reese Stanley to play your your kind of bouncing on and off uh, ruck rolls. Unlike Blitzaws, where you had a little bit more of an athlete, but he probably was as great in the ruck tap. So, this is a Geelong team that they're going to get tested this week. They've got Melbourne this week with a chance to put themselves at the top of the ladder going into the finals. So, this is another big, big week. A win's a win. Not exactly one you write home to mom to, mm-hmm. but it's a win. We'll see. Don, I actually just did the math over on the. So much fun, the, the finals predict or the live predictor, predictor over on the AFL website. And so what I ended up having is uh, GWS loses, even though that ultimately doesn't affect anything. But Esten loses by, uh, so 100 is the max points you do um, on the website. So I had Esten lose by 100 to Collingwood. I had um, West Coast. They lose by um, 100 to Brisbane. And um, I, of course, had the St. Kill the Saints beat the Fremantle Dockers by 100. And... They still miss out of the finals by about eight percentage points. So, yeah, it's over. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Saints yeah, fans. It's it, it's just so difficult. They win by like two hundred. Hope the Essen loses by like two fifty. I, I don't. I don't think that's. I, I that hasn't happened since the seventies. So, so I don't <laughs> think that's happening anytime soon. Uh, I think the I like. 
we saw like, the biggest loss that I've I've ever seen was 100. I was like 125. So it's 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 very very difficult to do that. So it's a, it's not going to be something that's going to happen very often. But it, it, this is this literally does show you the 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 focus on you can't get blown. You can't have 90. 75 90 95 100 point losses on your record because it absolutely kills your percentage unless you're going to back it up with doing the same thing to an opponent winning by 95 or 100 because the percentage will catch up to you and it will cost you a finals place this is the same scene if they get in they could cause some damage they've got pressure they've got goal kicking especially with king playing much better than he did earlier in the year he couldn't he couldn't find the broad side of a barn if you spotted it to him unfortunate <laughs> and now he's absolutely he, he's marking everything that gets kicked at him he's clunking everything and he's kicking goals he's become one of the hardest guys to stop in the in the entirety of the afl and unfortunately his early part of the year has really scorned him mm-hmm. but uh, I, I i feel bad for the saints fans because this was a team that a lot of people had expectations because of the recruiting because of how things went this is a team that a lot of people saw in the finals. So unfortunately, it, it is an underwhelming season this year um, when it comes to making the finals. But we'll have to see. Maybe it was just the injuries and a few things happening. But we'll, we'll have to see come next season. But yeah, I just I do not see the the Saners making the finals. Unfortunately, see, Saints fans may be essentially eliminated from finals contention. But mathematically, you're still definitely in this thing. So let's let's go. You can keep your hopes alive going to round 23 of the season. Oh. I'm so sorry, guys. Rolling on to the next game now. We had a blowout between Port Adelaide and Carlton. And no boy Blues fans, it's, it's just not been the last good... It's not been a good last you know, few stretch of games for you guys. Because Port Adelaide essentially puts a nail in the coffin on both the Blue season and David Teague's job as a clinch spot in the top four with their 95-point margin here. And they kick a absolute ridiculous 13.8 in the second half and run away with this game. A game that was actually close. Carlton even had, um, looking here, over a 20-point lead halfway through the second term. And then it turned into this. So I think it's safe to say that they uh, they they uh, absolutely collapsed in on themselves. And would you be surprised if I told you that Charlie Dixon... Kicked four in this game. No, if you if you are surprised, you shouldn't be. You should be paying attention to what this man's been doing recently. He's really kind of put himself into uh, into maybe Brownlow medal contention. Who knows there? Um, and then uh, the Blues, they really didn't do any favors for uh, eight bets and what ended up being his last game. So that legend of a man calls it uh, quits. He retires officially, and you know looks great. Uh, good stuff from him. Uh, I don't know, man. Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Oh, this is this is just a game where the Port Adelaide Power decided um, Carlton to say, Carlton, um, you are going to uh, definitely feel the wrath of, of a full fledged Port Adelaide Power, and boy, did they it's not scary. disappoint. As as I said, and I, and I had a few people question me a little bit on having Port Adelaide as my number one team in my power rankings, and, and this. Yes, it's Carlton. Okay, I don't, don't, don't throw, don't throw French fries at the YouTube screen. Calm down a second. Yes, it's Carlton, but this is a Port Adelaide team that, as I said last week, they are getting healthy, they are getting stronger at just the right time. They are going into finals humming, 
and they get a perfect opportunity to show how good they potentially could be with their matchup with the doggies this week. Mm -hmm. But this was peak Port Adelaide. They absolutely obliterate a team that they should absolutely obliterate. I, I, I got to give it to them. There, there are teams in the league that do not do this. They do not win games against lower teams as big as they could. So this is Port Adelaide showing how good they really can be. They can be a scary proposition if they get this team going as good as I think they can with a little bit of push getting Butters, Dersma, Rosie, Fantasia, and Dixon and Gray all humming. That is a scary, scary proposition to try to stop come finals time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a sour, sour way to end the season. Sour way to, uh, for DVT to, to end his uh, tenure with the Carlton Blues. Hopefully, he'll be back on speed soon with new team, new start, you know, a little fresh start there. So, ultimately, might not be the worst thing for the long term for either team and, and poor Adelaide like kind of like you said Donnie they've really just been hitting their stride at the right moment they're currently on a five game winning streak they have averaged 93.2 points scored during this winning streak and only giving up 60 of course that margin could probably be a little better but ultimately not bad winning by an average of 33 points a game is one thing that anyone would take that and there's they still have a lot of potential to become back-to-back minor premieres uh, with a, if they were able to get this number one spot. So there's a lot on the table for Port Adelaide going to the last game of the season. Yeah, definitely for sure. And, and when it comes to Carlton and David Teague, unfortunately, I think the writing is slowly becoming more and more on the wall. But I, I, I do have to agree with what some, what some of the journos and some of the people have said. is Unfortunately, David Teague, I feel, has, has been – he, he's been set up to fail mm-hmm. and fail mm-hmm. spectacularly, unfortunately, because he has not gotten the help coaching wise, um, assistant wise, everything like that. He, he just really, he's been kind of hung out to dry because he's, he's potentially going to be fired off two of the craziest seasons ever. <laughs> and there are coaches that, that have, and, and the crazy part is there are coaches that have uh, more lost than Teague does mm-hmm. that are going to keep that potentially could keep their jobs. So it, it's, it's very fascinating to see how this goes. It, it, it's, it's kind of like college football and the coaching carousel. It's it's now it's when Teague does get let go, who's going to take his job. Is it Ross Lyon? Is it Alistair Clarkson? Is it I'll Don Pike? Is it, it, I mean, Ross there's, yeah, you're right. there, there, there's, there's several, there's several different possibilities. So I, I think it'll be a fascinating off season if they do, let T go. Unfortunately, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think he's, he, this weekend is, will be his last weekend as the head football coach at, at the Carlton footy club. Hopefully they get something good in there. Hopefully they might just uh, get it close, but ultimately not win because let's go giants. Now, uh, one from one ninety-five point blow, let's go to 85 point blow with Brisbane versus Collingwood as the lions absolutely slaughtered the Congo Magpies as they win this game by 85 like I said and they put themselves right into position to possibly overtake the Bulldogs for fourth. Uh, They're only four points back and uh, kind of what you mentioned with um, overtime with the Western Bulldogs four points back and only a few uh, percentage points away so they are right there but they really control this game from the get-go and they get a solid percentage boost and especially I mean when you guys got guys like Charlie Cameron arguably having the best game of his season so far as he kicks 12 with 12 disposals 
it's hard uh, to not win, to be quite honest. Then also, when you have Dan Hurd next day, they kick three apiece. That's obviously going to age your chances in winning a game of footy. And so, uh, I mean, we're talking about how bad we feel bad for the, these Blues fans and how bad we feel for these Saints fans. Let's talk about maybe how bad we feel from Collingwood fans and their fall from grace as they were finals teams last year. And now they're in 16th place with one game to go. Definitely the uh, two very, very different seasons. So what do you think about this game? And do you think Brisbane has what it takes to maybe luck into uh, getting back into the top four? Uh, this is one of those games where I, I take it with a tiny bit of grain of salt. I, I think as good as Collingwood is, I think Collingwood style ran into a Brisbane Lions team that kind of it fit well. They got an opponent that they could literally capitalize on because defensively, there was no way they were stopping this Brisbane Lions team, not when Cameron is on, not when Danaher's on, not when McStay is on. They're really difficult to stop when those three guys get going. And and I completely agree with you, Collingwood. This has just been an absolute disaster of a season, not only on the field, but off the field. And it started in preseason. And unfortunately, it is it is coming to a crescendo the way this season is going, that it, it if I'm a Collingwood Magpie supporter, unfortunately, you want the season over with, and it doesn't. And unfortunately, the news doesn't get any better considering you're the the first overall the pick that you're going to get is going to go to the GWS Giants, which is looking to be the number three, could be the number three or number four overall pick in the entire draft. Which I don't think many Collingwood fans, if you would have asked them last year at the draft, you would have expected that this first round pick would be that high. So. It's kind of an extra kick in the guts, unfortunately, with this one. Um, but I, I feel bad for Coach Harvey because he's literally he's literally a caretaker or babysitter coach to the end of the year. And then mm-hmm. it's can they get Clarkson? Who who else will it be? Pike? Will it, who's going to come in and take the reins of a Collingwood job? That is there one more year of pain before they start their their ascent up, or can they? get a couple of draft can they get a couple of draft picks and maybe make a few moves to the point where you change the list a tiny bit and you improve next year it it, it really is up in the air but it's going to be a long off season mm-hmm. for pie supporters unfortunately that's that's definitely what it seems like a uh, potentially a great off season for us UWS Giants fans so uh, not complaining at all right there but, Dian, let's go into your team now, the Sydney Swans, as they take on the North Melbourne Roos. And even, uh, I mean, they might have been playing a dangerous game here, resting so many names against a, a dangerous uh, Roos team. They still win. They go. They win this one by 14. It was, it was probably a little bit closer than they really wanted to be. It got dangerously close uh, a little before um, the um, halfway through the fourth quarter here. As their margin slipped away from uh, nearly 40 at one point in the second, it gets about to round four, three or four um, mm-hmm. in, in this one. So it got a little uncomfortable there. They end up kicking a bunch of goals in a row. They, they pull away with this one. So not a bad win for the Sydney Swans, especially considering how many people weren't there. I mean, stuff like you know Buddy Franklin and everyone else. Uh, Buddy Franklin obviously being the biggest name of the other ones that were arrested here. Um, but unfortunately for North Melbourne, with this loss, you do get to clinch the wooden spoon. So yeah, Woo! good job, guys. Congrats, congrats. 
Really, you really <laughs> want something here. And, and the problem is, man, I, I'm being a, a bit of a dick with this, but they really don't deserve the wooden spoon for how they played the second half of the season or even through the first half of the season. This is like the least deserving wooden spoon in a while. This team is so much better than this. If anything, Collingwood probably deserves a wooden spoon, quite frankly. Uh, yeah, no, you really, really just got to feel for them. They, this is a really, really good wooden spoon team and they're definitely going to be they're not going to be anywhere near this position next season but the swans uh, uh going back to the game though especially it, it's weird normally when you see the swans got the hot start they're not able to keep it but this actually kept it until i mean like i said close to the end and especially with will uh hayward making himself known in this one he kicks his first three goal games since round 12 kicks three and three in this one and so where do you where do the swans stand at the end of the season are they still top flag contenders uh let's 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 go to north real quick because i, I gotta give them kudos this this is a north team that as, as i said going into this game and as i've said several weeks prior this is probably the best 18th ranked team ever to walk in the afl I, there, there is no argument that this team is an absolutely scrappy tough bunch that they just they didn't gel at the start of the season they took a lot of really bad losses at the right time they got in a hole and now they're starting to come good it's it, it's you cannot argue that mm -hmm. this was a game that terrified me as a swans fan because you didn't know how the swans were going to approach this game were, were they going to come out spitting hellfire and brimstone after losing a, a st kilda game that they just kind of did not have a great effort um, in it and they did they started off better than they have the previous three rounds the previous three rounds they go down 18 24 mm -hmm. and as the swans fans you look at each other and go oh great not again and then they'd fire back late in this late in the first quarter get start to kind of crawl back into it by halftime they're within a goal kit within a goal or a goal and then in the second half they'd kind of run away with it and win the game this was kind of the opposite sydney starts off pretty well uh, kind of back and forth to start it. And then they, they get up to a 40 point lead just before halftime. And then the third quarter was a little bit back and forth. It wasn't super, it wasn't, it was super competitive, but it wasn't the North Melbourne wasn't chipping it down. It was kind of one goal, the other goal, one goal, the other goal, kind of the back and forth, kind of like ping pong. And then to start the fourth quarter, North Melbourne, bang, bang, bang. And they're, they're within 10. They get it down to four, and then Sydney, bang, bang, bang. Now it's back up to 26. And then a goal after the siren is actually the reason why this was at 14 points. But tip my cap to North Melbourne, heck of a performance. You, you've got a lot of guys there, and I completely agree. Yes, you win the wooden spoon, but your gift is you're getting a darn good footballer to join a, yes, a, a pretty good team. Yes. Uh, so I, I don't think if you're North Melbourne, you should take a lot negatively out of this game. When it comes to the Swans, unfortunately, this game, though it's a win, it gets them four points, it doesn't really change your ladder position. You're still in sixth, unfortunately, due to the loss against St. Kilda. It looks like fifth or sixth is going to be where you're going to plateau, which is fine because I think I, I kind of want this team to have a little pressure because when they've had pressure, they've performed. When they In their games that they're told, they're you're probably going to win. They, they've had some issues. So we'll have to see how they respond to that. Unfortunately, they do lose Nick Blakey to a leg injury, a break in his fibula, which will cost him the rest of the season, which is sad because he was really, really coming in such good form since he came back from a stint in the twos after having some issues earlier in the year and had been pushed to the halfback line and been playing really, really well. And then there is a tiny scare of a hamstring soreness or hamstring tightness with – 
um, Josh Kennedy, who will sit out in round 24, which again, the Swans are one of the few teams that can actually probably sit people if they wanted to, because even if they lose, they're not going to fall out of sixth place. So it's not really a problem, but we'll have to see how that goes. They do. They should get Lloyd and Mills back. Both were both were sat due to injury. Mm-hmm. Callum Mills has been fighting tendonitis in his in his Achilles, and Lloyd had just some general soreness that they wanted to let him get an extra week of rest, so it didn't really matter. So that and then Buddy Franklin, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be cherry ripe for this. I think they rested him so they could get him a bye before the finals, and I think he should be good. So three big additions for this Gold Coast game. Yes, you lose Blakey and you lose Kennedy, but Mills and Lloyd step right in, so there really isn't a massive drop off there. And most likely you'll see either McLean or Reed come out for Buddy Franklin. So in, in all, I think you actually this one's maybe a tiny bit stronger with the additions than they do the subtraction. So I think the Swans will be okay. Whether they're going to be a flag contender or not really will all depend on how I want to see how this gold kit goes gold coast game goes. If they run it up and they play really well and they get a lot of confidence that sends them into the finals, which is looking like you and I are going to have some fun in that first week of finals because potentially we could see a battle of the bridge the third time the t- these two teams, the, the rubber match of the season. Baby. Everyone loves in, in the in, Potentially in the finals, unless GWS loses and Essendon wins and you know, all s- several permutations. Mm-hmm. We won't dive into those right now. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, it'd be interesting because if that does happen, then, and then most likely GWS falls to eighth and then Essendon plays it, which is not, even more of an interesting matchup after their fun tango they had yeah. just several weeks ago. So if you're a Swans fan, you're a tiny bit concerned because the two teams that most likely you're looking at playing in the finals are both in form, GWS and Essendon. So you're a little concerned, but Sydney has has played well against both of these two, both of these teams. So it's not so it's not like they should be super concerned, like they haven't beaten them. Mm-hmm. So we'll really have to see. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping. I think most of Sid, most of the Sydney fans are hoping that Josh Kennedy's tightness doesn't get any worse. That it sounded like in, in Coach Longmire's press conference that it he's actually pulled up pretty well. So they think it only may be just tightness, which means a week of rest, some some massages, maybe that'll loosen it up, and then he should be good to go for the finals since we don't have the pre-finals by this year. Yeah. A lot of ways, uh, it's, it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, if uh, Sydney and GWS end up being in the finals, we might have to do a, might have to be up early in the morning, maybe do a little bit of a live stream. Who knows? I'd be up for it. Okay. That'd be a good one there. But we'll just have to wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Let's roll into the next game here. Melbourne and Adelaide. And this wasn't a necessarily close game. The Ds didn't come away with this one, 104 to 63. They win this one by 41. And now you look at it. The Ds are on a three-game winning streak after their draw and a loss a number of rounds ago. Uh, the Crows are now on a three-game losing streak. But if we're uh, looking about like one of the biggest differences in this game is that the Ds are able to outscore Adelaide 41-16 to off of Salvages. And if you look at them, talking about how um, you know poor Adelaide's right there, Geelong's right there, technically the Western Bulldogs are right there, not as much confidence in them. The Ds can still want, uh, win a minor premiership in round 23. But right now, Donnie, do you feel like the Melbourne Demons are legitimate flag contenders at this time? Or do you think they're maybe just a little bit of pretenders and have more points? Maybe their points outweigh how good of a team they really are. 
Well, the one thing is the the D's have won their last three games in a row, which after that little eh, little ugly patch there for a bit. Now, again, it's not like they're playing the world beaters of the entire competition, considering they beat Adelaide, they beat Adelaide. The West Coast game, I, I don't think is as impressive as it might have been a few weeks ago, and then your win against the Suns. So it's not a, it's not exactly like they beat the Cats, the, the Cats, the Duggies, and the Giants in the last three weeks. It's a, a West Coast team that I think is just short of the finals, a Gold Coast team that is kind of falling apart at the seams, unfortunately, an Adelaide team that proverbially, if it weren't, if there were two more rounds, I think Adelaide would take over the golden, the, 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 the spoon in my personal opinion, because they have literally just fallen off the map since it, but I'm, I'm, I hesitate to jump off the D to jump off the D's as a flag contender because they are so good defensively. Mm. They are so solid and, and the, the old, the old adage and maybe the coach in me keeps this in my head is defenses win championships. And this defense can win championships. They've beaten most of the teams in and around them. So it's not like they don't have the experience of beating these teams. Now, is it easy to beat a team twice in the season? Yes, it is. It's very difficult. And when you go into the finals with most of these teams having seen you once, um, it's not going to be as easy to beat them the second time. Plus the fact that now there's talk, could the finals be moved, everything like that, which I I could go on a giant diatribe on that, where I hear everybody talking about integrity, integrity, like all due respect, the AFL is not, I don't know why they're talking about integrity now, because you really could argue that the AFL has no integrity after a while, because the grand final is always in the same place in Mm -hmm. one state every year, no matter what. So the grand final is kind of, it's not exactly fair in the long run. So this, this, all of a sudden, this conscience about integrity is kind of hilarious to me that they're thinking about this now when for however many years, every outer, outer state out, out of Victorian state team has to go to Melbourne for the finals, no matter who they play. So, or if you're Geelong, how many finals have you had to play over the last 15 years that you've had to play at the MCG where you were supposed to be the home team, but you have to play at the MCG to get more fans. But now you talk about integrity. All due respect, it, it's kind of a ridiculous argument for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Go where there's fans because footy, footy and fans are such, such a marriage the that you need, especially fans. at this time. They need fans. I'm, I'm, do what you need to do to have it in Perth or in Adelaide or in Queensland. Do it because I don't. I really have a hard time seeing them be able to get more than fifty thousand people in Victoria if they cannot get the cases to zero, mm-hmm. which is what it looks like they're really trying to do. Unfortunately, yeah, it's definitely kind of a wait and see on this one. Kind of like it's been the whole damn season. So we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. Oh man. But let's talk about this team that um, has stayed in the finals now um, in the Gold Coast and Essendon. The Dons, they stay at the top eight. They get a percentage point boost with their demolition over the Gold Coast Suns. And this is a Suns, a team that looks a little bit closer to uh, the typical late season Suns that we might have gotten a little bit of a taste of the last couple of rounds. Unfortunately for all of you, let's go with... It's going to take a hit, Donnie. It's going to take a hit this round. It's going to be the... 23 Gold Coast fans. The 23 Gold Coast fans are obviously not too happy about this one. Uh, and then it might have been the Don's best defensive performance all of the season. 
Um, back in round 17, they did hold Adelaide to 21 points. Um, so in this one, with um, holding the um, excuse me, holding the Suns at 30, of course they scored nine points. But this is still a fantastic defensive performance by this Suns team, and it also does help when uh, possibly the MVP of the team and possibly the guy that you're going to, to rely on if you want to contend for the flag this year for the Essen Bombers. Jake Stringer has himself a game. He kicks 5-1 in, in this one. And so now, with Essen still being 8, do you, how, how much of a chance do you think they stand actually winning a flag this season? Oh, this one is interesting hey, because... Don, can, the, before the you get into things, can I give you a hot take real quick? And that is... The Dons have a better chance of winning the, the grand final than the Brisbane Lions do. Ooh, that's a take for you there. <laughs> oh man, um, I really I, I like the way the Dons are playing. I, I think they're an absolutely dangerous team. As I said, they're they're a scary team if you face them in the finals. If if they're clicking, if mm-hmm. they're playing the way they are, they're incredibly difficult. Especially now that Shields back, McGrath is back. That 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 center that 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 midfield of theirs is absolutely lethal if they get a hold of the ball and then they get a hold of the footy and draper has been able to do just enough in the rock to let them get the first part and with stringer pitch hitting in there and just bowling it out and, and diving it in that i'm 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 terrified if i'm the brisbane lions or the sydney swans facing this essendon team because i think they're clicking at just the right time that i'm if I'm the five seed and Essendon is the eight seed, that is a scary, scary matchup in the first round. I don't know if they're going to get to the flag because that's a difficult, that's a difficult, difficult run. Um, you're most likely, if I remember correctly, going to face the winner of two, three, which is looking potentially anywhere between the D's, Cats, and Port Adelaide in power. Um, maybe the doggies if, if they get if they get a little help. Mm. Um so it's not easy. You'd have to win four in a row, which is never, never easy. It's possible. I mean, the doggies did it from seventh before, so it's possible. But I don't know. There's just so much strength at the top that I think even if they do win that first game against the Brisbane Lions, potentially Brisbane Lions, Sydney Swans, depending, I think, unfortunately, I think they get knocked out by the loser of that 2-3 matchup, unfortunately, because they're just just a level above them mm-hmm. but if i like 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 i said in a few podcasts if i'm an essendon don supporter there, there there is such a bright light at the end of this tunnel that i i i agree that your call earlier this year that essendon could win a flag in five years you're looking more and more like nostradamus sir because i can see i can i'm i'm starting to come around to that that take much much more the way i see this team playing if they can make sure that they keep everybody, and they've done a really good job of doing that. Take that, people in my Twitter mentions. Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm not sure to save those tweets. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but let's roll into the last game of the round, the Western Derby. Here, what better way to cap things off? And we, hey, Frio fans, we finally. Oh, it feels so nice to give you guys good news on this one because you put themselves into a three-way po- uh, tie for in points. For the eighth spot with their win over the West Coast Eagles, and so, ooh, can you, uh, even even better, Donnie, even better news for the Frio fans: accurate goal kicking. I know we don't hear that term often when talking about the Frio team, unless there's the word "un" in front of accurate or "in." There we go. I know English. 
and accurate goal kicking there. Oh man, it, this it, it really propels them um, to to the, a win here. Especially man, that first term where they kicked twelve in uh, they kicked twelve and seven in this game. Eight of their twelve goals come in the first term alone. Well, uh, so I did love that from them. I didn't necessarily like how they almost seemingly coasted. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the best word, but they they definitely were. Uh, were not able to keep up that hot start. They were almost just maintaining their lead um, throughout the rest of this one. Um, but the four-point lead was enough. And so, what's uh, Frio's foul chances looking like right now? And is West Coast poor road record to blame if they don't make the finals? Which, of course, is three in seven this season. Uh, with Frio came out absolutely on fire. They jumped the West Coast Eagles. They literally, I mean, you could tell West Coast was like, what just hit us? It was like they just got ran over by a freight train. And they really spent the rest of the game just trying to catch up. And I and late in the game, I think Frio held on. They did just enough what they needed to do. But West Coast did not have an urgency in their game midway through the third quarter to really put the pressure on Frio to to kind of overtake this the lead that they built early in the early in the game and then just kind of did hang on i don't know if they coasted i just think that they ran out of options west coast finally started to play their game but west coast didn't play their game with any urgency they are not a play on team they are not a team that like to go fast they like to catch back up scan bomb it to a tall guy who catches it that's really kind of their game unfortunately now that works against teams that um that that are that want to speed them up but when they get behind that game style is very difficult to score points because it takes a lot of time to do it it's not easy to kick mark and win games unless you get the lead early because it's very hard to come from behind so this was kind of one of those frio did just enough to get enough of a lead that they could survive it but Man, this is a major league blown opportunity for the West Coast Eagles. This this was their shot to make sure they were in the finals. They win this game, they're in the finals. No matter what GWS and Essendon do, they're in. Because they would have had a two-game gap even over GWS. There's no way they could have been caught. They would have been in seventh place no matter what. Eighth place would have been the only thing people were fighting over. Mm -hmm. And they dropped the ball, plain and simply. I agree with what several other people said. This isn't. This is a West Coast Eagles team. They lost their finals. They lost their chance to go to finals. Personally, yes, their road record, but the the disastrous losses to Geelong, to Sydney, just absolutely killed them. It absolutely killed them. West Coast has only themselves to blame for the reasons they'll be sitting home in September, not playing. Yep. Now, when it comes to Frio's final chances. It's one of those, it's the, the quote I hear. So you say there's a chance. There's still a chance, but again, kind of like what we said with St. Kilda, they need help. Yep. They need Carlton to beat GW. <clears throat> Excuse me. They basically need West Coast, Essendon, and GWS, at least two of those three to lose, no matter what. So West Coast is really, since they're even, they really need them to lose just because of the fact that West Coast has the same percentage so that's really why west coast even though they're at the same percentage has to lose same thing with Essendon. they need to win and then they need to hope at least two of those three lose because if that happens that gives you the shot of jumping in with 44 points and getting in there and now it's not impossible 
but it's not it's not something a lot of people see gws carlton i mean most people on paper that's a gws win now mm-hmm. if gws pulls a gws from last year mm-hmm. it's possible who knows maybe carlton God, wants to send maybe maybe carlton wants to send eddie Betts out with a great win and they somehow pull that off well that's great but if essendon and west coast both win Fremantle doesn't matter what they do they're not going to get in mm-hmm. so and essendon has collingwood rivalry game you never know what might happen but if for some weird reason two of these three teams lose then essendon frio can get in so so it's really is there's a chance but frio's got to win their game first and then they need help and, and the best part is for essendon is that their game is on sunday there's one of the last games of the day so frio and gws I mean, west coast and gws could have already lost and frio may be in but it's is frio fourth seventh or eighth because Essendon would then know if they win they're in seventh even if they lose they may still be in if they can keep a low percentage Mm -hmm. so the final day on Sunday I can't tell you how many times you're gonna see the ladder the live ladder up on the on the screen because each each result is going to make that ladder jump like a Mexican jumping bean I can (laughs) guarantee you it's gonna be fascinating to watch Especially considering you do, and even if you go to the top of the table, the top of the table is going to be outstanding to watch because mm-hmm. you're going to have Friday's results and then Saturday evening's results where the top four have all played each other. It's definitely going to be one hell of a final weekend of the regular <laughs> season, and there's no doubt about that one. But ladies and gentlemen, it's about that time. Let's take a look. The team of the round. Donnie, take it away. Oh man, team of the round, round 22 sees a lot, sees a lot of fun here. Again, another absolutely outstanding round of footy. Let's jump right into it. We start again with the defense and the defenders. We'll start off West Coast. Alex Witherden, 25 disposals, a goal, five intercept possessions, five score involvements, six marks, two tackles and 475 meters gained. We go to Essendon's Nick Hind. 20 disposals, a goal, 12 intercept possessions, a goal assist, eight score involvements, eight marks, and 409 meters gained. This gentleman is playing out of his mind. I wish he was still in Swan's colors. That would be Port Adelaide's Allier Allier. 19 disposals, 14 intercept possessions, four score involvements, eight marks, four tackles, and 200 meters gained. Adelaide's Jake Kelly, 21 disposals, 11 intercept possessions, two score involvements, seven marks, and 450 meters gain. Collingwood's Jake Crisp, 30 disposals, 10 intercept possessions, four score involvements, seven marks, seven clearances, four tackles, and 427 meters gain. Rounding out the defenders will be Richmond's Nick Vlosten. 20 disposals, 11 intercept possessions, a goal assist, three score involvements, seven marks, four tackles, and 481 meters gained. We jump to the rock, and no, again, it's not Brody Grundy. It'd be Port Adelaide's Peter Latham's. 17 disposals, a goal a behind, four intercept possessions, eight score involvement, six marks, four tackles, and 23 hitouts. We jump to the midfield, the guts of my team. We start off with St. Kilda's Brad Crouch. 24 disposals, two goals, two intercept possessions, eight score involvements, two marks, five clearances, five tackles, and 226 meters gained. Melbourne's Christian Petraka, 
23 disposals, two goals, a goal assist, eight score involvements, eight marks, six clearances, five tackles, and 412 meters gained. Frio's Caleb Sarong, did you see his goal of the year candidate that he had in this game? Oh, my okay, Lord, go what a goal. List just for this. Just for this. Just for this. 31 disposals, two goals, four intercept possessions, a goal assist, six score involvements, two marks, six clearances, five tackles, and 370 meters gained. Next, we have Adelaide's Paul Seedsman. 36 disposals, a goal, a behind, four intercept possessions, 10 score involvements, three marks, two clearances, and 749 meters gained. A kind of unsung hero for the Geelong midfield, and that's Sam Menangola. 35 disposals, a goal, a behind, seven intercept possessions, three goal assists, nine score involvements, nine marks, two tackles, and 470 meters gained. Now we go to the prima donnas. That is the goal kickers. That would be the forwards. And we start off with Essendon's Jake Stringer. Mm. 19 disposals, five goals, a behind, a goal assist, 11 score involvements, four marks, four clearances, and 511 meters gained. The highest goal scorer of the weekend, you got to be in my team of the round, and that would be Melbourne's Bailey Fritch. 16 disposals, 7 goals, 2 intercept possessions, 10 score involvements, 5 marks, 3 tackles, and 348 meters gain. Next, we go up to the live wire that is Brisbane's Charlie Cameron. 12 12, uh, disposals, 6 goals, 9 score involvements, 6 marks, 2 tackles, and 315 meters gain. Almost said 12 goals there. That would be impressive. (laughs) Josh Bruce got that. Hey, he got 10 at least. Okay, we ne- next we have Geelong's Jeremy Cameron. 13 disposals, 4 goals, 2 intercept possessions, a goal assist, 5 score involvement, 7 marks, and 229 meters gained. The big man from Port Adelaide, that would be Charlie Dixon. 9 disposals, 4 goals, a goal assist, 9 score involvements, 5 marks, and 229 meters gained. Rounding out the forwards, I got to give the GWS man a little love, Tim Taranto. 18 disposals, four goals, two behinds, three intercept possessions, a goal assist, nine score involvements, three marks, three tackles, and 370 meters gained. We go now to the bench. The Ruck, again, is not Brody Grundy. It would be Sydney's Tom Hickey. 18 disposals, two intercept possessions, a goal assist, six score involvements, five marks, four clearances, 23 hitouts and 475 meters gained for the Sydney Ruckman. The defender will be Hawthorne's Sam Frost. 17 disposals, 10 intercept possessions, two score involvements, eight marks, two tackles, and 229 meters gained. Also from Hawthorne, our midfielder, Daniel Howe. 34 disposals, a goal, a behind, four intercept possessions, eight score involvements, nine marks, three clearances, three tackles, and 769 meters gained. Rounding out my team of the week is forward Sydney's Will Hayward. 17 disposals, three goals, three behinds, two intercept possessions, nine score involvements, six marks, two tackles, and 315 meters gained. And that will be my team of the week for the penultimate round of round 22. Love that. So now let's get to our power rankings and ultimately round 23 tipping. But Donnie, I might have some interesting ones here for you. I have an interesting list that you may or may not agree with. So I'm just going to give it to you as a whole and uh, see what we think that we can get to yours. All right. Sounds good. Okay. So even though that they could very well snatch the uh, top spot in the league, 
I got Geelong at number five to start this off. Okay. So they still took a bit of a hit, uh, not in, this, uh, in terms of power rankings compared to last year, not or as excuse me, last round, not necessarily for what they might have did. Um, a semi, this uh, I mean, uh, as not a bad performance, but not one that really jumped off the walls above them for their win last round and they're another huge win this round and now they're on the three game win streak let's uh throw the gws giants up there at number four i think at least they there's very question you could easily put the giants underneath geelong and that'll be fine i think the gws um ultimately deserves a top uh, a spot on this list especially after uh the kind of a Lack of of uh, quality that we've seen from the Western Bulldogs, uh, if you want if you want to put it that way. Recently, the uh, GWS Giants are a top five team at this point. Um, so I got that one going number three. I have the Sydney Swans because they get a good win um, with depleted roster against a solid team. So I, I still like them, and I still like how they kind of bounce back uh, from that loss, and they still look great over the last uh, recent stretch of games. So I still had them at three, and I'm still a huge fan of them. Going into the finals. Number two. I got. Uh, I'm going to put Melbourne here. The Melbourne Demons. Just because. Yeah. They're still the top team of the league. They're winning games. But. I'm still not as confident. Because I, I said this last round. That I was more confident in Melbourne over Port Adelaide. But that's changed. Round 22 has changed that. Port Adelaide is number one. And I do feel more confident in this Port Adelaide team. Especially with them healthy. Than this Melbourne Demons team, so one a uh, five to one Geelong, GWS, Sydney, Melbourne, and Port Adelaide. Wow, that's an impressive that's an impressive five. I think I went a little bit more a little bit more structured uh, out of the way this year has gone, but I I, I got to give you credit that this has five pretty darn good teams. Um, I'm going to start number five, the Brisbane Lions. A, an impressive win over the mm-hmm. Collingwood Magpies. They're starting to kind of get their mojo back a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so hard hard to argue them back at fifth. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, four. Again, I, I don't like moving teams up unless the team ahead of them is lost. This was a, this was a tough matchup against the North Melbourne Brews. This, this is this is me respecting North Melbourne just as much as I'm respecting Sydney because I don't think this was a win that should jump Sydney over any of the competitors ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Melbourne at three again, another win from Melbourne, playing really good foot, playing starting to play better footy after that kind of little hiccup area with the, with the loss and the draw. Um, number two, Geelong Cats still playing really good footy. Hard to argue that getting. Um, Jeremy Cameron back has not made this team better. Yes, they lose Stewart, which could hurt them a little bit on the defensive end, but having Cameron does bring a whole degree of of fear to other teams, especially, and the fact that uh, Patrick Dangerfield is starting to play really, really good now. He had an incredible game this weekend, and I think that's a terrifying thought process for a lot of teams in the competition if Dangerfield is starting to play better footy now. Mm-hmm. And number one, just like last week, Port Adelaide. The only team that was 5-0 and this last five rounds, they're starting to play really, really good footy. As I said last week, they're getting healthy, they're getting stronger, they're getting better. And this week is their, this week is their big tester. You get the doggies at home with a chance to put yourselves in the catbird seat mm-hmm. going into the finals. So I have Port 1, Geelong 2, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane in that order. A little more stock standard, but 
there, there, there's some arguments that you could throw Essendon there towards the bottom, especially the way they're playing GWS as well. So, so a, a fun week um, next week is going to be quite interesting with that penultimate round of the, with that final round of the year is how our, how our power rankings hit just before the final. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's going to, I mean, I, I'm super interested, interested to see how they look going into the finals, but let's cap things off. For the last time of the regular season, we are going to tip nine. For the last time in the season, we're going to tip nine games. And, you know, ultimately, it is kind of sad, but uh, I'm not too I'm not too sad about this, just considering how my tips have looked this season. So, uh, might be able to brush things <laughs> off and get a fresh start there when it comes to the finals. <laughs> Actually, so, it's some of a bounce back weekend. I was six or nine this yeah, last weekend, did so I was, well. didn't. I didn't do I didn't do too bad, but it, it, I if that West Coast Eagles one would have flipped my right way, I'd have been seven and two. But I, I got to give it I, for all the Frio fans out there that I know it was I was really happy to see Frio win that game. They hey, they, Frio, they played such a good game. Just remember, just remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But let's get into things, Donnie. Another oh man! The last three Friday games have been unbelievable. So now let's go into this one. And honestly, I, I this, the, I'm, I'm going to say this, and it's definitely going to bite me in the butt um, come the end of the round. But this is one of the easiest rounds I've had to tip, to be honest. And especially the first three games, I am 100% confident in all three these decisions, starting with Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs. Uh, Port Adelaide is going to run through this Western Bulldogs team. I don't know if they're going to run through them, but I, I think Port Adelaide has the has more positive momentum. I think Port is playing much better footy. I, I think the Western Bulldogs, there, something is just not right with them right now. I don't know what it is. I don't know if the injuries are starting to catch up with them, if their form is just not right. I don't know what it is, but I, I love the way Port is playing right now. Alira Lear has become just an absolute, just a monster in the back. It's so hard to get it by him. And I don't know if the Western Bulldogs have somebody that can take him out of the game, which I think is an absolute disaster because that makes the doggies day that much harder trying to get by this Port team mm -hmm. if they can't find somebody to take Alira Lear out of the game. Next one, we have Richmond and Hawthorne. And technically, Richmond is still in decent contention for the eight spot. But the Hawthorne Hawks are going to put the nail in the coffin on this Richmond uh, dynasty, effectively. They're going to miss the finals. They're going to get full off season, And the Hawthorne Hawks are going to end the season on one hell of a run. And I, I, I thought I was crazy with five rounds ago when we did our prediction ladder. When I, and I put in my prediction ladder, I thought Hawthorne would beat Richmond at the end of the year. I thought I thought I was going out on a limb there. I really did. And we get to this season, we get to this round, and it, it's it's looking like the, probably one of the easiest tips of this round because Hawthorne's playing well. Richmond is not. I I will also tip Hawthorne as well in this game. Sydney Swans and the Gold Coast Suns, given the recent form of either team, especially the Suns' track record, which they start to dispel early on the the, the later half of the season, then they went right back into form. I'm taking the Sydney Swans, and they might be able to get to number five um, as well. Maybe number four, probably not, but five is is in the reach. I talked to a friend of mine earlier this earlier this week, and I said that I almost kind of like Gold Coast the last game of the year because this is one of Sydney's horror losses 
that I think they could get off their minds by getting a, their, a horrible loss early in the season, that they can get off their minds with a big win here. They're playing better footy. Again, Lance Franklin has a rest week. It sounds like Mills and Lloyd should be back. I think this could potentially be an absolute pasting if they wanted to. Gold Coast is tricky, so I'm not going to sit here and guarantee a big win. But I think this this is the poss- this leaves the possibility for Sydney to get a nice momentum building percentage boosting win going into the finals. Exactly there. Now the next game on the docket is going to be the Brisbane Lions and the West Coast Eagles. And shoot, the, the Lions might win this one by 40, 50, or 60 if the Eagles aren't able to uh, come out hot. Oh boy, this this is a game that <laughs> If Brisbane would not have won the way they did against Collingwood, I'd be really leery of this game. Way different because way different tipping, right? Way different. Exactly. And if West Coast would have won, if both games would have flipped the other way, this tip this tip would have been much more difficult. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tip the Brisbane Lions in this one, but I I just have this gut this weird gut feeling. Don't sleep on the West Coast. Yes, they haven't traveled well, but they've been taking a kicking the last few rounds and Brisbane, I think is kind of sitting in a, is kind of sitting in a situation where they're not, it's not going to be easy for them to jump up into fourth. Mm -hmm. And I'm worried if they try to go for the big win, it might actually backfire on them. So keep an eye out. I'm going to tip Brisbane, but I just have this weird feeling that this, this is a potential upset here with the Eagles knocking off the lions here. Mm -hmm. Now the next game could very well determine the top team in the regular season and, and in the league going to finals, the Geelong Cats and the Melbourne Demons. It, um, I got the Cats in this one. I think their form has been a lot better recently um, than the Melbourne Demons. And also, I mean, the having Jeremy Cameron back is going to do wonders for them in this game. And the one thing I'm also, uh, one thing that might come into play though is Geelong and Port are going to have to worry about their score depending on who wants to get that number one spot. I think uh, it both comes down to percentage points, and it's kind of like what you said a few runs ago now, Donnie. Maybe Geelong's okay with winning a bit of a closer game in this one, letting Port Adelaide run through the Western Bulldogs. This this is going to be an interesting, interesting game because Melbourne defensively is, is one of the best, mm-hmm. and Geelong is one of the best. This could be one of those... I think goal accuracy is really, really going to determine determine who wins this game because both teams are going to have some dangerous, dangerous forward lines. you got Brown, you've got McDonald, you've got Pickett, you've got Fritch on Melbourne's side. On Geelong's side, you've got Hawkins, you've got Cameron, you've got uh, – you've got um, oh, my gosh. Uh, Mar- Actually, I don't think – Myers is still out. I think Gary Rowan still may be out. But Dangerfield can move up forward. So each team is going to have their – they're going to have some headaches. Um, but the biggest question will be is where's the where's the winner? I think Reese Stanley can bother Max Gone enough to neutralize that. I think the experience of, of, of Geelong's midfield I think is going to get them a few more wins. I think Geelong just does enough. I think this is going to be the game of the round because – that skinny long ground is going to be absolutely fantastic to see both these intercepting defenders go after it and seeing Cameron versus Lever, seeing May versus Hawkins again is going to be fascinating. I think Geelong just nips them, but I, I, I think this is under a goal. I think this is a four. This could be a goal after the siren type of game. 
And uh, the next game we got, oh man, Block Design would be fantastic. Uh, next game I'm super worried about, especially as a Giants fan, this would be such a GGVs thing to blow this one. I'm going to tip for them. I'm going to tip against Carlton. They should be able to win this game like they have been the last couple teams uh, they've been being up. But it would not surprise me if they blow this one. <laughs> I, I'm I'm tipping GWS, but Carlton, Eddie retiring, this could be an interesting interesting trap game for for GWS. Do they do they take the do they take the Blues lightly? I don't think they will. I think Leon Cameron knows he needs to win this game to guarantee himself a spot in the finals. I think they come out and they they win this one, but this is another one like the Brisbane West Coast Eagles game that if anything is off for GWS, it could be a disaster. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, now we get the Saint Kill the Saints and the Fremantle Dockers, and if uh, the Dockers want any chance of making the finals, they have to hope for probably SNN slip up and the win here. And I do like uh, Fremantle getting the win here against Saint Kilda. Oh, Fremantle fans are gonna hate me on this one. Oh, I, don't do it. The, the, their travel, their traveling bothers me. The fact that they, they get Brayshaw, they get Brayshaw back, and, and I've said it numerous times: when you come off a big win and you get a ton of momentum, sometimes you come out flat. And I think the Saints, they are they gonna are they gonna relish the spoiler roll? Are they gonna relish the chance to knock out Frio and make sure Frio has the same fate that they do? And that's no finals. And the game is in Victoria, and for some weird reason, these Western Australian teams have not traveled to Victoria. Well. I'm going to tip the saints on this one, but my heart is with Frio. I do want to see Frio win it. I'm going to tip, I'm going to tip the saints with my head, but my heart is going to be, I'm going to be supporting Frio in this game. And the next game is going to be a fun rivalry between Essen and Collingwood rivalry. meaning this game may very well be a lot closer than it needs to be, but it's still ultimately like Essendon as the winner here. Oh, Essendon, this is a way to put yourselves, to cement yourself in the finals, get a win over Collingwood. I think they're going to relish it. Collingwood's beat-up back line that is, that is not at full strength. I think Essendon could have a field day in this game, especially the way Brisbane had a field day with, with Collingwood. I think Essendon wins this and guarantees them spot in the finals. I have the Bombers. And the last game... Of the regular season is one that oh man it may be very forgettable or it could be very good i also talk I about know. anticlimactic huh right <laughs> man you should put Eston on last damn it but the adelaide crows and the north melbourne ruse uh two games with literally nothing but draft picks uh draft pick positioning on the line here i'll tip north not melbourne even Ruse. that unfortunately uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tip north melbourne here and maybe it's a uh, for everyone's gonna have their blood pressure super high through the rest of this, so maybe this is a nice game to sit down and relax to a bit. Oh, uh, this is this is one this is one that who's the true who's the true wooden spooner of the season because because I don't think the points are are an accurate announcement of who the actual wooden spooner is. I have North on this one too. I think North is playing much much better footy. Uh, this this drags the final the the wooden spoon down to only two points, uh, being having two points less than than Adelaide. I just I think North is playing much better footy. I think they're they're stronger, better team. I think they're not going to be in wooden spoon contention next year. But this this is such an anticlimactic one because it really doesn't matter who wins this because North's finishing 18th. 
Adelaide can finish 16th if they knock off if they knock off the ruse and Collingwood loses. So Adelaide can jump to to the third overall pick from the second, but I don't know. There's there's talk that they want to make sure they may still have a chance for the the South Australian kid in the draft. So we'll have to see how Adelaide approaches that. For integrity reasons, I hope they don't, but we'll we'll have to see. But I I have the ruse winning this final game of the season, sending us into the finals on a kind of a lackluster 18th or 17th matchup in the last game of the year. <laughs> right. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it for our round 22 breakdown of the AFL season. Thank you so much for joining us here. We have just one round left and then the finals, the, the top eight will be secured by the end of the weekend. And I am super excited to see what it ends up being. But Donnie, your Thoughts going into round 23 in one word or phrase? Oh, massive. Because there are two massive matchups in this when you have one versus two in Melbourne versus Geelong and three versus four in Port Adelaide, the Bulldogs. I, I, I agree with some of the pundits. I don't think this has happened in a long time where you have top of the table teams playing other top of the table teams in the last game of the regular season. I mean, it does throw a curveball into the finals mm-hmm. because with two wins just the right way, you could actually see these teams play each other again in the first round of the finals if 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 things turn out just right. So it'll be quite interesting to see how these these games go, but absolutely titanic matchups here with 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 um with the top four and then that that West Coast Brisbane game because West Coast still has a chance to put themselves into the final if they win that, but most people are not giving them a lot of chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, I really hope that whatever team you're rooting for ends up making the finals unless they make the finals at the expense of the GWS Trans. I still got my fingers crossed, and it's very likely that we could see GWS at 7 and Esden at 8, and that's I think that's the funnest way that, that these finals could shape up. And that's exactly what I'm hoping for. But ladies and gentlemen, like I said, thank you so much for sticking with us here until the end. Really do appreciate all your support. And of course, you can find us everything at thefourthlong.com slash AFL. And ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the hell out of this round. And we will see you next round when we give you, with some special guests, our finals preview.